politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property, and everything in between here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today for Wednesday, January 10th. And I wanted to go back to what we spent so much time on for two, three years. How is it that there is a wealth of data and science and just simple reality of people dropping dead, that the vaccines are the biggest poison imaginable? It's now incontrovertible fact that it has DNA contamination in it that causes unimaginable, inalterable damage to what is it, you know, five and a half, six billion human beings in the world that got it, at least the ones that got a real dose of it. And if you look across the landscape, despite the most earth-shattering revelations, we have not had a political or policy catharsis on this issue. It's truly unbelievable. We have not moved the needle in any direction. Why is it? Why is it that broadly the public knows lockdowns are very unpopular? You know, you'll find the Hamas rallies full of these crazies with masks, but the majority of people know it was wrong, the masks, the lockdowns, and even the vaccines. And yet, outside of Florida, a little bit, one or two pieces of legislation here and there, we have not made strides, and at a federal level, House Republicans won't touch it. And the answer is, because we don't have a political movement to capture any auspicious tailwinds of information to take it past the goal line. So we're like, we need to expose the left. Okay, we expose them. And it's unpopular. But it just goes on. And they don't get punished for it. It's because we don't have a movement of substance. I want to prove that to you on the news of the day and then go back to medical freedom and what we can do to rejuvenate it and harness this era we live in where it is unpopular with most of the people, the medical, biomedical tyranny, the vaccines, and actually utilize the state legislative sessions to get something passed. Because frankly, at a federal level, it's quite clear we are done. Done, done, done. I'll get to that in a minute. First, uh, folks, another New Year's resolution you might have is to stop you know, using your eyes and destroying your eyes with screen time Sit back and use earbuds from Raycon, whether it's your favorite podcast, yours truly, or music, audiobook, you name it. Um, you know, you see people walking around nowadays, uh, earbuds are almost a part of people's body. I've always stayed away from them until I found Raycon because I, I just have these sensory issues. I don't like things on my body, which is why I don't wear, uh, you know, a watch. And Raycon's everyday earbuds, they look, feel, and sound better than ever, but it's their optimized gel tips that give you a perfect in-ear fit. So often I'll be doing TV and the earpiece never fits. This is the only thing that fits in my ears. Recently I was on a plane and I fell asleep with my Raycon earbuds in and that would have never happened because I just, I cringe. I can't stand anything on my body. It's hard to explain it, but it really fits perfect. It will not budge. Very comfortable. 
Um, what what are some other good things about it? Is eight hours of playtime, thirty two hour battery life. But here's the deal: it's half the price of the other premium audio brands, so you don't get ripped off like you do with Apple's earbuds and things like that. Um, this is why they have tens of thousands of five star reviews. I personally love the earbud tap function, the noise isolation feature, and the awareness mode because you want noise isolation. You don't want to be one of these guys walking down the block and getting knocked out <clears throat> by one of the jailbreak punks. And now I'm going to go get uh, another pair for my wife as well. Uh, so head over along with me to buy Raycon, B-U-Y, Raycon.com slash conservative today to get 15% off your Raycon order plus free shipping on top of being cheaper than the other premium audio brands. That's buyraycon.com slash conservative to score 15% off and free shipping. B-U-Y, Raycon.com slash conservative. So folks, just brief news on the budget story. Um, So, you know, connected to medical freedom, connected to it, is the border. You will never get an issue from, that the left is, you know, something the left is doing to the country that is more indefensible, more ubiquitously destructive, and, and, and more apparent in the minds and eyes of the voters than the border invasion. Both at the border, we, you know, the biggest story, probably one of the biggest stories, if not the biggest news story of the last 24 hours, is uh, New York City shutting down a school in order to house 2,000 illegal aliens in the school gym. And this is something that Blue City parents are outraged. This is an 80-20 issue. Yet, we've exposed it and exposed it. It's gone on for several years, and we are no closer to doing anything. Why? Because we don't have a political movement to take it past the goal line. So this is what's important. If I have one message for my colleagues in conservative media, if you think you're going to expose your way out of this morass, you're wrong. We could sit and show that the vaccine is going to kill a million people. We could sit and show illegal aliens are going to do this. And, and the public will agree with us. It will resonate. And, it's, and you need to have intellectual ammo. And it's fine. But if you don't start working to build a new political movement that actually believes in something and effectively achieves results and outcomes, it's going to be meaningless. And this is why we can't have nice things. Punchbowl reports, and I have this confirmed, in a closed-door GOP leadership meeting Tuesday evening, Speaker Johnson repeatedly made the case that Republicans need to avoid a government shutdown. This is his obsession. It's like there's nothing the left could do, no matter how destructive, how unpopular – they could kill people with vaccines. They could take away our products and services, Green New Deal, border invasion, crime, Hamas, trannyism. That's his it's, – it's like a mental illness. Maybe he's vaccine injured. I don't get it. But anyway, anyway, Bob Good, who's the Freedom Caucus, the new Freedom Caucus chairman, he reportedly said to – um, Johnson in this meeting, nobody has been able to explain to me how we get, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, no, no. So Johnson first says, nobody has been able to explain to me how we get out of a shutdown or how we win a shutdown fight. And 
Bob Good made the point that if you tell the other side that you're the first one who is going to blink and you're scared of not forging a deal, how is it that the other side doesn't win all the time? And that's that's essentially where we are. It doesn't matter. See, they'll talk about a narrow majority, but the reality is they could have 250 seats. They could have the Senate. They could have the White House. But if they don't have 60 seats, the Democrats will challenge it because the Dems will fight for their prerogatives and block a budget and risk a shutdown even if they have a minority of one branch. We're done. They'll, they're never willing to use a brinkmanship point. What do you mean, how do you win a shutdown fight? You say you are invading us with gangs, criminals, drugs, destroying our communities. It's got to stop. This is why we have a federal government. We will not fund your invasion. You pick a winning issue. And you actually message it. Mike Johnson is more passionate about avoiding a government shutdown than even Kevin McCarthy. It's a bizarre obsession. This is why we are where we're at. There's no point in discussing a presidential race, congressional elections, who's going to win the Senate, who's going to win. It doesn't matter if you are not willing to go over deadlines, budget, authorization, things like that. You're done. You're done. He publicly tells the Democrats that. He is literally saying that there is never a scenario where he would say, we cannot fund this. We'll pass a budget bill. If you don't pass it, that's your problem. We're not moving off of it. We'll then pass separate bills to fund the military pay and social security, and we'll do that. And if you want to balk at that, then that's on you, and you message through that. But literally, Biden could bring in Hamas to rape Mike Johnson's wife. And I'm sorry to talk that way, but it's just that's the reality. And he'll say, we can't have a government shutdown. We can't have a government shutdown. So we're done. We're done at a federal level. And that's why um, we need to see what we could accomplish in the states. And we're going to have a special guest coming up who is working on state legislative candidates a medical freedom pledge. But I want to get back to the, the importance of that and, 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 and what we can do. Uh, some of the news on, we'll start off with some just some of the news on COVID and then move on to what needs to be done about that. First, our other sponsor today is Birch Gold. Folks, uh, with Mike Johnson making it very clear that uh, the debt is off to the races, we're up to, CBO just came out with a report that we have spent more on interest on the debt the first quarter of this year than than on the military. We're now actually at the point where, for the first time ever, treasuries, I saw this, treasuries have a greater downside volatility than gold. And gold usually you do for long term, so you don't have to worry about that. Now is the time to invest in gold, and especially long term for your retirement account, Text Daniel to 989898, and our friends at Birch Gold will send you a free info kit guide on how to convert your IRA or 401k from a previous employer, you know, just gathering dust into an account with 
you know, physically held in gold or silver coins. They have different options and they will help you out. They're economists. You're not going to speak to some like random foreigner. These guys are real economists on the phone. Brilliant guys. Text Daniel to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold because it would be nice to have something of value to fall back on. So folks, you know, I just want to first thank all of you. Um, Steve mentioned this on his show. Uh, Post Hill Publisher told us that we made the top 10 conservative books of all genres last year, thanks to you guys, The Rise of the Fourth Reich. You guys were so generous, often buying multiple copies. Um, And the thing is, neither Steve nor I <clears throat> have been on Fox or any major show. It was all through you. It's it's truly, truly unbelievable. We beat out a lot of people that were promoted by Fox. And, and this is the movement we're, we're starting. And as always, our book was geared towards outcomes, outcomes. So here we are sitting on a scenario where we have more ammo than ever against the vaccines, against lockdowns, against masks, and also a proof of concept to warn people that it's not its not just COVID or even viruses. They're, they're going to do this with energy. If you don't denude them of the authority to do certain things to you, they're going to do it. So I want to just go through some of the news we have on this stuff. First off, um, Phineas, or no, I'm sorry, Finance Technologies. This is from Ed Dowd. Their analysis shows that excess death rates from malignant neoplasms as cancer were zero in 2020. So 2020 was a baseline year, average, 13% excess in 2021, and 43% excess in 2022. The excess mortality from malignant neoplasm deaths in 2021-2022 are highly statistically significant with Z-scores of 5 and 16, respectively. Those are strong, strong signals. We have a preprint out from Hong Kong titled Metformin Mitigates Insulin Signaling Variation Induced by COVID-19 Vaccine Boosters in Type 2 Diabetes. They found 61.1% of 155 patients with type 2 diabetes um, exhibited aggravated insulin resistance towards the booster shot. 66.7% experience increased cardiovascular complications, which is going to be you know endemic of those with diabetes. They also confirmed the same results in mice. They, they did the same experiment. Compared to the controls, COVID-vaccinated mice show worsening glucose control, a rise in triglycerides, and increased cardiovascular risk due to vaccination. Also, Paxlovid, the other product of Pfizer, the drug. Report from the journal, published in the Journal of Medical Virology last Thursday, roughly 16% of patients prescribed Paxlovid had long COVID symptoms compared to 14% who weren't prescribed. So they always said it will help with long COVID. That was a lie. The UC San Francisco study reported that just over one in five individuals, 21% who reported getting better, um, had, a, had a rebound of COVID from Paxlovid. And then 10.8% of those experienced long COVID. Additionally, retesting positive was common among 
rebound patients, 25.7% of individuals who took Paxlovid and repeated antigen testing after testing negative ended up testing positive. By the way, this is also why in a lot of state legislatures, Democrats are increasingly absent because they keep getting the shot. So then they get COVID, then they go and take Paxlovid and then they test, test positive again. So um, this is what they're doing. Um what else have we found out about the shot? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go through everything because, again, at the, at some point, we need political action. But Sonia Elijah has a great overview of a lot of the recent top lines. And I'm just going to read to you one of them that we haven't talked about a lot, but it's 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 the foundation. Pfizer lied in the sense that what they put out to the masses commercially was not the same thing tested. Both in the you know animal trials and the human clinical trials. Now, while it all had the spike protein and the lipid nanoparticles, which are poison, but the big finding is the the DNA plasmids. So the DNA contamination. This is a uh, Josh Goodsko is the guy who really blew the whistle on this. Um, process one was the clinical trial. It was small scale clinical batches made with more expensive PCR process to amplify the DNA template used. To, the, uh, to make the modified mRNA and, and with a highly efficient filtration mechanism. So it filtered it out, right? They, you know, they, it was, they, they focused on quality control because it was a few hundred vials. But then they used process two for what was given to five and a half billion people, which was large-scale batches using a cheaper process. E. coli bacteria was selected to replicate the DNA used to, you know, as the template for the mRNA. And that introduced the plasmid bacterial um, contamination. That alone, how do you not take that off? The, I mean, that is a proven fact. How do you not take it off the market? Now, they're not going to do it at a federal level. They're not going to do it. We need every governor. You need to expose them, write letters to them, call their offices, call the health department, call your legislator. They need to go through with a fine-tooth comb anything the de- on the website of the Department of Health in the state cannot be promoting the shot, and the state needs to recommend against taking the shot. That is 100% clear. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But let's just review some of the things that, that we need to do. So obviously we need a, you know, you know, first thing is we need a permanent ban on all biomedical security mandates. Now I know we're on to the shots are poison and killing people, but even the mandates, most red states have not fully ended them. This means banning all public and private. See, I don't like these, you know, split the baby things. This is not, you know, January, 2021 at this point. It should be clear the legal, moral, and scientific prerogative to block this stuff in both public and private. Because remember, again, when the government is lying to you, absolves Pfizer of liability, funds it, markets it, distributes it, mandates it, and they could just do this to you, you can't say, well, the private sector, the private sector would only do it because they're following the cues of federal lies. So now look, if you have to get a compromise, then get a compromise. Sometimes you can't get at everything. But the goal we should be driving towards 
is banning all public and private mask and vaccines in any setting under any circumstance, particularly healthcare settings, where they're continuing it in a lot of places. As you well know, I believe we need to codify, one way of doing this is codifying health status as a state anti-discrimination law. Again, we have these laws in every other context. I'm simply applying it evenly. And then, of course, I think we need to codify a constitutional amendment, not just because it cements it strongly into law, but also because it will put it on the ballot and really influence the election. Now, I personally wouldn't put private in a constitution. I think we should put it in statute. But the right of a person to refuse any medical procedure, treatment, injection, device, vaccine, or prophylactic shall not be questioned or interfered with in any manner. Equality of rights under the law or in the realm of public accommodation shall not be denied or abridged to any person in this state because of the exercise of this right under this section. Um, you know, there's... That's my language. There's, there's other ways to skin the cat, but that's just an example of how to do that. Obviously, the doctor-patient autonomy, we're going to have Dr. Mary Talley Bowden in a couple minutes, but no doctor can be penalized with loss of licensure or board certification on account of speaking out against vaccines or mask wearing or, or not you know, abiding by it themselves. No doctor can be punished for using off-label FDA-approved drugs. All pharmacists must fill such prescriptions absent a religious conscience concern. Um, and there should be a cause of action in court to sue pharmacies that block it. Um, also, any barriers to doctors themselves dispensing drugs they prescribe should be lifted. Um, some states allow doctors to dispense drugs in the office that they could actually dispense it. And, and again, you know, a doctor is a pharmacist plus. If they prescribe, they should be able to dispense. Um, and also the complaint process against doctors with the state's medical board needs to be overhauled. Complaints can only be accepted from patients alleging injury, not third-party people. Um, you know, and all complaints in absence of patient harm must be ignored. Right? In other words, it can't be, oh, you weren't wearing a mask. You have to show that the patient has to allege harm, not just I don't like what you're doing. Um we need to abolish the state's immunization register. I'd love to see that happen, um, or at the very least, have an opt-in. In other words, even if you have it, patients, ha you have to give them a form to consent to putting them in the register. Um, obviously, all COVID shots need to be taken off the market or at least um, recommended against. Uh, they should ban termination of all mRNA vaccines. We need to really start hitting up against the COVID shots. Um, what else? We we really need to go after the child immunization schedule. And and again, this is gonna take time, but you know, we need to abolish that. Every patient and doctor work out what vaccine you wanna wanna get. Every Republican agrees the CDC lied. Everyone knows they lie. The public knows that. And yet we just drink out of that. Again, we're not changing anything. These are the goals we need to work towards. And then I forgot the most basic one, which is lockdowns. Okay, I mean, it, that might, we might take that for granted, but most states have still not precluded this from happening again, not fully. Some have tweaked it a little bit, but not enough that no governor can declare a public health emergency for more than 30 days without the legislature affirmatively um, Supporting it, 
No county government cannot do it without two thirds support from the, you know, respective legislative body in that county, county commission, county council. Um, and obviously, you know, the states that don't yet have this, a lot have, but not all. You know, you can never shut down religious worship. You cannot shut down businesses. You can just issue recommendations. But um, ultimately, if there's a real emergency, people will know it. They'll feel it, and they'll want to. You know, if you have some weather-related thing, they'll they'll shut down. If you have some, you know, people intuitively are scared. Government should never have the ability to, um, you know, do do any of that stuff. And again, you'd be surprised that we have not, in a lot of states, really clamped down on that. We need obviously need a patient bill of rights in the hospitals. Um, every Everyone is allowed a surrogate in the hospital present, no exceptions. Um, patients have the right to access FDA-approved off-label drugs prescribed by a doctor, you know, of their own will, own cost, and own liability. So, you know, you can't blame the hospital for it. Accord every patient the right to refuse any hospital-prescribed treatment or the right to refuse to remain in the facility. That's the medical kidnapping we saw um, and, and again, there needs to be a cause of action created to sue any hospital for civil charges and possibly for the district attorney to bring criminal charges against hospitals that deny those rights. Um, and any hospital caught violating those rights need to lose their tax exempt status. Um, this is kind of a, a side thing and it's not so big now, but how remdesivir is not banned in the States is beyond me. Um, we need child protective protective services uh we talked about this last year the medical kidnapping but it's not just for medical just the the threshold of grabbing a kid Idaho House Bill 82 from last year is something to look at it is being rewritten um but basically they need to ban all investigations into agency decisions to suspend parental uh rights on account of a parent's refusal of specific medical treatments, um, and obviously, you know, refusing to wear a mask or vaccinate a child. Uh, there is, I'm trying to think, there are ways to go after liability. There's an Arkansas bill. I, I don't have it in front of me. And although the federal government protects vaccine companies from liability, States can still broaden their consumer protection anti-fraud statutes to target blatant fraud. So the point is, now that we have all the information that it wasn't just, okay, negligence, but it is blatant fraud, and I would argue it's no longer even covered by the PREP Act, but state health health departments, um, they need to use their funding and they have bloated budgets, bloated budgets. You should see, um, you know, Brad Little and, and Christy Nome, uh, they, a bunch of governors announced increases in their health department's budgets. Big thing. Um, they, they need to hold them accountable with anti-fraud measures. Uh, we also need uh, state health departments to fund diagnostics, uh, detection and treatment of vaccine injury. Again, you broke it, you own it. They promoted it. Um, and and look, you know, we, we do need, it would be nice to have a vaccine commission created under the, you know, by the legislature um, or under the health department to go through the vaccine schedule, to audit the safety 
efficacy and rationale of why each thing is being done. What is the history? What is the history? Again, you look at the Hep A vaccine. Literally, I, I don't have the exact number. It's something like three people died per year when it came on the market in 1990. And since then, the cases have exploded. <laughs> there's, there's, you, you look into some of these other shots, and it's, it's like, you got to be kidding me. The clinical trials were a joke, and it's just prima facie. There's no evidence it worked, and often the opposite, even before you get into possible... Um, you know, possible stuff. You know, we need they need to ban again. I said this before. We need to ban the states' health departments from recommending um, uh, the RSV shots. And there's there's a lot of way you know criminalizing gain of function research. States like Texas have a lot of prominent institutions. I guarantee you, it's happening. So that you know, Florida did that. So the, these are just a few things. We'll go over in more detail. But put that on your checklist. If you want to join one of our teams, go to conaction.network. We don't have all the states, but you could see which state we have. This is the battle. And we'll talk a little bit more maybe tomorrow, Friday, about what's going on in some states, some of the state battles. But this is where it's at. This is where you're going to wield influence. Okay? At a federal level, they don't fear us. You go to a deep red state, you might laugh and say the government is may as well be blue, and you're right. But they do know that the public will be on them, and we are rapidly changing that. And, and, and again, kudos to people like Andy Roth and the State Freedom Caucus Network. They're single-handedly doing more to change the game than anyone. Ultimately, we got to walk before we run. Ultimately, these Freedom Caucuses need to turn into new parties. And there is evidence that we're maybe a step away from that happening in South Carolina. Uh, so, so this is the point. We, we've done everything we can in terms of exposing it. But just like with the border, I mean, the public agrees. But Republicans aren't forcing the issue because we don't have a party. We don't have the movement. We must create one. And that is where our next guest comes into play. So, folks, look, we have enough scientific and medical information to blow up every single thing that was done during COVID and they want to continue doing a million times over. What we're lacking is a political movement to try to take it to the next level. And I promise you, I don't have an individual in mind as I proffer this criticism. I really don't. It's just a general statement. What happens in every movement is you start off righteous with the right idea, but then it becomes like any other political movement. It's an end to itself. It's an institution to itself. So I have a, a Substack. I have a Twitter. I'm earning money off of it. I'm putting out, and, and it might be good information, or you know, I'm going to all these conferences. We get together, and that's all nice. But at this point, we're beyond the stage of exposing the vaccines, exposing the biomedical security state, and the mandates, and the tyranny, and the uh, you know censoring of doctors, and the medical boards, and all this stuff censoring of treatments, now is the time to make a difference. And we're all like, well, we don't have control. We don't have a control. Well, that's at a federal level. But but if you understand most of COVID, except for things like the PrEP Act, most of what affected your average patient, doctor, citizen flowed from state and local government. And 
you know, you look at states like Texas, you look at states like Oklahoma, you look at states like Idaho, why are they not like Florida? And, and, and even there, there's probably a couple more things we can do. And that's really where I want to get to our next guest. Our next guest is not someone who has a big substack and earns a ton of money and notoriety. She's had her career really harmed from doing the right thing. Dr. Mary Telly Bowden, a Houston-based ENT specialist, also sleep medicine expert. Um, if you ever you know need help with, with sleep medicine, ENT stuff, uh, allergy stuff, it's breathemd.org is her, uh, where you could find her clinic in Houston. And she didn't have to do this. She treated thousands of patients for COVID, helped them out, got them through it. And you would think she would win a congressional medal for what she did. But like many other doctors we had, Dr. Henson's another one in Texas. She was, she's on the hook for disciplinary action by the Texas Medical Board. She also has a lawsuit that she was pretty successful with exposing the F- FDA's illegal actions and statements made against ivermectin. And then now, I mean, she's really in the thick of everything. Now she has a candidate pledge for state legislative candidates on medical freedom. I was thinking, man, that's exactly what we want to do. We got to get her on. And indeed, she is back with us. Hey, Dr. Bowden, it's been such a long time. Thanks so much for joining us again today. Oh, thanks for having me, Daniel. Wow, you've really been all over the map here, really covering every issue. So let's start with the candidate um, pledge. Talk to us about just the process of how you're finding these candidates, who they are, and what sort of medical freedom pledge you're having them sign uh, directed to specific policies. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head in that we have just been treading water. The information is out there, and now we need to take action. And this sort of just happened. It wasn't a plan. I was on Twitter. I connected with a legislator in Michigan who's vaccine injured, Brad Paquet, and we just connected and basically both said the shots need to be pulled off the market. Well, then I found Julie Clark, who is running for Congress. She's in Texas, and she said the same thing. And then it just started taking a life of its own. Now we have up to, I think we have 70 candidates and 60 elected officials who have signed on. Every day, the list just grows. And it's just a simple statement that the COVID shots must be pulled off the market There's no explanation needed. All I need is for the candidate or the elected official to just simply state that in writing. If they're on Twitter, then it's an easy thing. They just comment under the post. I I post it almost daily. I pin it to my profile so it's easy to find. Uh, If they don't have Twitter, they can email me. And it just it keeps growing. We have we have some major players on there now. We have the Surgeon General of Florida, Dr. Joe Latipo. We have Marjorie Taylor Greene. We have Ron Johnson. We have Thomas Massey. Uh, but we have just uh, and you know the local is very important, and we have a lot of uh, state representatives. Texas has been very interesting. Texas um, has been a huge disappointment in this effort. We only have seven elected officials, but now we're up to 30 candidates. So the Texas House 
has just been a disappointment more than just medical freedom. Oh yeah. Um, and, and <laughs> it's I, become I, a caricature I, of itself. Um, but, but this is low cost. You don't even have a website. So where do people find the pledge where they could pass this around and tweet it at their members of the legislature and Congress and, and, and candidates? Well, it, it, I do have a website now. We, we, so we started a pack, uh, Americans for Health Freedom, and the website is live. We are still getting the bank account set up, so the donation part is not live. But uh, the simplest way is just on Twitter. Just go on my, uh, on my profile, uh, MD Breed, and it's pinned to my profile, so it's at the top of the page, and all they have to do is, is comment. And it's, it's just a simple statement. There's nothing to it other than the shots must, the COVID shots must be pulled off the market. Okay, we're we're going to definitely promote that. I'm going to give that a boost later today, and I ask all you to join in, join with me, so we can get more people to say, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm for that," because this is really an IQ test. What you're doing, it's it's you know, I, I, before you came on, I listed a series of about 15 different legislative ideas that we're looking at between you know strengthening the doctor-patient relationship. Uh, you know, doctor freedom, patient freedom in the hospitals, uh, obviously mandate stuff. But this is an IQ test. If you do you get it or not? If someone's like, these things need to be taken off the market, you know they pretty much get every other aspect. You know, because some guys will be like, yeah, the closing schools was wrong. But here's the thing. This is not 2021. This is not where it's like, well, it looks like there's something wrong, but maybe there might be some benefit. Seniors, yeah, but it, no, no, no. This is just poison a hundred times over before we had the DNA plasmid revelation. And certainly now that we do. Um, so this is no, no, I mean, this is, this is an IQ test. Um, and I, and I really, I really applaud you for that. Well, I love that. It is an IQ test. And what has been so refreshing is none of these people that have signed on have needed convincing. It's all come from the heart. I mean, they're very enthusiastic they they know immediately there's no I don't have to provide them with, you know, 400 articles. They they knew it and they are on board and they're enthusiastic. The, and the problem, I think, now is just getting the word out. I think there would be even more that was yeah. going on if people don't know about it. No, and this is definitely something we need to take up. I, I talked about earlier this week, the South Carolina legislature or not the health department they literally say on their website that they looked into adverse events and they still recommend a new booster for everyone, including like uh, up to six month old, old babies. Uh, so this yeah. is the sort of thing where we need to get uh, Republican legislatures to weigh in. And that way we can separate the wheat from the chaff. Cause again, we are wherever your limit was your epiphany on that timeline. We are way over that. So mm -hmm. this is, this is pretty, pretty clear. Um, and, and so you mentioned Texas. Texas is quite shocking. Um, you did a lot of work. Could you explain what you did in terms of treating COVID, um, what your accomplishment, your record was, and then how you were, uh, let's just say, rewarded by the Texas Medical Board for your efforts? Yeah, so I started, I stumbled into COVID. I'm an ear, nose, and throat specialist. I had patients coming to me sick. They were telling me that their primary care doctors refused to do anything, and that didn't sit well with me. So, you know, initially I used common sense. I used breathing treatments, IV steroids, antibiotics. Then I moved to monoclonal antibodies. Those worked great. People would turn around in 24 hours. 
I could get as many as I wanted whenever I wanted. It was very simple. And then the government took over distribution and became harder and harder to get them. And that's when I started exploring alternatives such as ivermectin. So I started using ivermectin. I was nervous about it because monoclonal antibodies worked so well. I wasn't sure if they were going to work. And um, they, it turned out they did work. And to date, I've, test, I've treated now over 6,000 patients. Everybody that received early treatment is alive and well. Well, I started, so initially, Houston Methodist Hospital was the first hospital in the country to mandate the COVID shots, and I believe that was on purpose. We can talk about that later. But anyhow, I had privileges there, and I very loosely associated with them, though I'd never used their hospital. I just had them as a just-in-case. I was actually collaborating with them. I was using, I was giving them my data because we were doing a lot of testing, and we were trying to publish papers. So we were working together. I, I reached out to them when the shots came out, after the shots had come out, and that it was the summer of 2021. And I said, are you seeing what I'm seeing? There are all these breakthrough cases. What's going on? And then they gaslit me. They basically denied it, said, oh, no, it just lessened severity. So I started speaking out on Twitter. I also had tons of patients coming to me saying how distraught they were over these mandates. Um, and I said things, I was very cautious back then. I said things like ivermectin works. And I said, vaccine mandates are wrong. Well, on one day, I tweeted out 25 times, vaccine mandates are wrong. And I put a patient testimonial on there. Five days later, Houston Methodist revoked my privileges. They did it in a very public manner. I found out through a reporter at the Houston Chronicle. That's how I, I got a text message saying, can you confirm that your privileges were suspended? You know, I was blindsided. I had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, and then they went on Twitter and said I was spreading dangerous misinformation. Well, it was just, then it was just like a media you-know-what storm. And I, uh, they also reported me to the medical board because I resigned as soon as they did that because I was, you know, this is just not the way this is normally handled, right? Um, so they reported me to the medical board because I resigned while under investigation and I'm still dealing with that. I was offered a, a plea bargain. I could have paid the medical board $5,000, um, admitted my guilt. And wait, 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 Mary, slow it down. I'm still not understanding. Guilt of what? What were they alleging you did? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's you know, unprofessional conduct, resigning while under investigation. It's, you know, what I, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a political witch hunt. I mean, there was no patient safety involved. It, you know, there was there was no patient complaints. It's the hospital turning me in. Um, so I could have made it go away. I decided not to. And then now we have a hearing in April, uh, which is a little more transparent. I can bring in my expert witnesses. It, it's a public hearing. Wait, but I don't understand. Wait, wait, let's slow it down. Like... We have something that poisoned 5.5 billion people on, on the universe. You not only warned against it, but then you gave people the proper treatment and saved 6,000 people. And you have to suffer through a hearing that maybe you'll be punished, maybe you won't be. I thought you meant like a hearing that you're going to get some sort of commendation yeah. from from the state. How does this happen in the state of Texas Again, this is not kind of the frenzy of 2020. Didn't know, okay. This is in 2024. Despite everything we know, you have Greg Abbey, you have Kim Paxton, you have Dan Patrick, you have Republican legislature. How does that happen? Because the medical mafia is very strong in Texas. 
and they have captured Greg Abbott. He, you know, Ken Paxton is like-minded. Greg Abbott definitely is not. And, you know, we have the largest medical center in the world in Houston, Texas. We have, um, we have uh, the highest paid lobbyist in the country, Daniel Hodge, is, is working uh, to put, push this vaccine agenda. So it, it's, it's been captured by the medical industry. Um, and, you know, you look at the, sh- the list of people that have signed on. We only have three people in, in the legislature. We have Bob Hall, Senator Bob Hall. Of course. <laughs> we have Representative Steve Toth, and we have Representative Briscoe Kane. That's it. Three. We signed sign on to which, which piece of legislation? No, to, to the pledge of the, oh, the pledge. Now, effort now, I'm making now, about the COVID shot. I think, could you enlighten us? I think Bob Hall and maybe some others do have bills dealing with the Texas Medical Board? Right. Those, well, so there were 11 medical freedom bills under consideration during the last session. Only three of them passed. The third one was regarding the mandates, and it took a third special session for that to pass. And it still doesn't protect students. So, you know, that's a prime example. Wait, you know, what, what do you mean students? Why, why doesn't it protect students? Because students can still... A school or a college or an educational system can still require the COVID shots for students. So, and that's private or public? Uh, private. So, I'm just trying to think. We're at a stage where a Holocaust was committed. I mean, I think we could confidently say that now from the preponderance of the evidence still going on now we're facing the long term who knows what the cancers who knows with all the dna uh, uh contamination um damage uh who knows with you know just the long-term aggravation we i just read a hong kong study the aggravation of diabetes a lot of these existing conditions were aggravated it's going to take uh you know life years off you know, you have the rank card study of, of possibly 17 million global deaths so far. That was a little bit, you know, some time ago. And so we, we should be at who we're going to throw in jail, who we're going to put before a Nuremberg tribunal, and then rewarding those who helped. And in the state of Texas, we're just at the point of, well, maybe no mandates, but even there, like, private could still do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is unbelievable that we're still at this position in texas um what sort of legislation do you think we need to be pushing you know in texas and other states as well my first priority my highest and first priority is just to get the covid shots pulled off the market because these things are on the pediatric vaccine schedule now all children ages six months and up are expected to get these shots and that is just criminal so Let let me play devil's advocate. So some might Mm -hmm. say, well, Mary, you know, everyone knows they suck and barely anyone's getting them. Uh, I don't know. As a young mother, when I took my kids to the pediatrician, I was completely clueless. I would have just done what I did, whatever the pediatrician told me to do. No, 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 I I agree with you. People are awake, but there are there's a substantial number of people that just put blind trust into their pediatrician, which prior to covid was fine. But now we now we know you you have vulnerable seniors that are that are always going to be scared you have pregnant right. women 
that should yep. be the last people who get it, but the OBGs are really pushing it on them. And then you have the yep. newborns that they'll say, because a lot of, by now everyone knows, well, yeah, we already went through COVID. We're not worried, but they'll say, no, but this is a newborn. He didn't, he didn't have immunity to right. it. And, right. and, and that's the thing. So I do, I do agree with you that it's not just like, screw it. You know, you want to shoot up and kill yourself, go do it. At this point, you should know better. It does need to be taken off. And again, it, 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 it helps us against the RSV shots and the new things that people don't know as much about to weaken it. Um, but any anything else you're seeing in terms of you as a doctor, you as a doctor, what sort of legislation we need to protect people like you? Well, so Senator Hall did try to pass a bill that would protect doctors from the sort of political witch hunt that has happened to me. Um, and, um, you know, that just got completely, it, it didn't even make it to the House. I think it, pa- it passed the Senate, but the House refused to even consider it. And that, and that goes back to my point about the Texas House just being corrupted. Um, but, you know, the, the medical board, anybody can get online and just submit a complaint to the medical board. Um, there's, you can, you don't have to be a patient. You could be, um, a third hand, uh, participant in what happened. Uh, there's very little transparency and, um, it costs a a lot of money. I think I've spent now over $60,000 on these legal bills trying to fight the boards. Um, And have you lost a lot of patients? I mean, you obviously lost, you know, one of your jobs. Well, I wasn't employed by Methodist, but I, I would argue that I'm not employable right now. I don't, I don't know that any. I mean, I haven't tried to to get uh-huh. a job. I'm, I work for myself, but uh, yeah, uh, I, in terms of losing patients, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm definitely the people that come to see me are like minded, so Got I it. don't know that it's hard to know. Um, I'm, I did have a lot of backlash, like emails sent to me from patients. Um, but I had supportive patients too. So it's hard to know, you know, how it, how it all washes out. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you have a government agency saying this doctor engaged in misconduct and you have other doctors, people are just, you know, that's something you can't get rid of. And that's, that's a really, really big problem. And, it's just yeah, my name. It's, I, I mean, this is the problem with my colleagues. Like they're just so blinded. We could talk about the feds all we want and the Democrats and Biden and Hunter Biden. But the bottom line is, what is the utopia? What is it we want? OK, that, um, you know, the Lord, the savior, uh, Donald Trump, who's just amazing on medical freedom, um, becomes president. Okay, fine. I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but whatever Republican you want to become president becomes president, and they win. You know, bigger majorities in the House, and they flip the Senate. Fine. Okay. Okay. Freeze frame. You're not going to get best case scenario. You're not going to get anywhere close to the lock on government that Republicans already enjoy in a state like Texas. So if you can't get it done there, stop right. lying to me and. And, 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 you know, having our focus that, oh, you know, I have another conservative organization or, or influencer or media personality that's somehow going to influence Hunter Biden's thing and this, you know, you don't, you have no sphere of influence over that. Use it over Greg Abbott, use it over Texas, use it over the primaries. The primaries are literally in weeks, weeks away. We're weeks away from primaries. 
um, whether it's congressional, but more importantly, really, the state legislative primaries, all these people in the House. So this pledge is so, so important. Again, go to MD Breathe at MD Breathe, see your top tweet, and let's get this out to as many in Texas and elsewhere. Um, you're in the legislature, you're running for legislature, you're Republican. Do you support taking the shots off the market or or not? There's no nuance. I don't want to hear I'm not for mandates. We're well beyond that. We're well, well beyond that. Um, Mary, one more thing I want to get to, because there's so many aspects to what you're doing. You join with doctors like like Dr. Paul Merrick, a lawsuit against the FDA um, in Texas, in federal court, for um, talking down uh, a drug that was legally approved, ivermectin, um, and and blaming them for you know for for the backlash that came from that, could you talk about the disposition of that case and where it stands? Right. So we sued the FDA over the smear campaign that they launched against ivermectin, and basically coming in between the doctor-patient relationship and telling the public that they should not take ivermectin for COVID, and that's going way beyond their uh, their job description. So. Initially, the lawsuit was dismissed, and we appealed and went to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and we won that, which basically allows us to continue the lawsuit. So it goes back to the district court in Galveston, and we're just waiting on a date for that next step. So you survived motion to dismiss through the appeal to the Fifth Circuit, and now it's the next step. So that was, that was very, very significant, and this is just so, so important. I mean, man, you really covered this from so many angles, um, and and I think this is an idea that needs to take off. So, do you have a website now that people could could go to? Well, for the PAC, uh, Americans for Health Freedom, it's simply americansforhealthfreedom.org. Uh, we don't have the donation link set up quite yet, but hopefully by the end of the day or tomorrow we will. And then my medical, you know, for my practice is breathemd.org. BreatheMD.org. And uh, yeah, I know my, my dad has some uh, hearing issues now. So there's there's a lot of different specialties you cover there. A lot of people, especially post-vaccine. Uh, by the way, are you seeing a lot of people, because um, I've seen a couple of studies, there's one out from Korea on hearing loss or sort of tinnitus, all sorts of auditory issues. Are you seeing that from the shots? Uh, definitely tinnitus. I've not seen like a sudden hearing loss from COVID shots. Um, I will say, I looked at the last two years and my new patient appointments and 7% of those appointments were patients with chronic debilitating health problems following the shots. And it's more things like POTS, where your blood pressure goes up and down, uh, neuropathy, poor exercise tolerance and debilitating fatigue and severe rashes. Um, I'm not, and I do see the tenderness, but not the other cluster of symptoms seems to be more commonly what I'm seeing. I don't know. I, I just, I, 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 even people like you and me, I don't think we have emotionally accepted the reality of what these shots have done. Um, and moreover, what that portends for some of the other products that they have been putting out and are newly putting out. And it just underscores that, you know, it was CDC and the FDA so corrupted and disgusting. You need red state health departments. And, and, and this is what I this is what I can't stand about Florida. 
I wish it. I, some sometimes I wish it never existed, so we could just be dumb. But you have a proof of concept in a state that really was a swing state until recently that they were able to do what Dr. Joe Latipo did. Why do we not have that in a single other state? You go to the Texas Department of Health website, by the way, they're still pimping the shots. They're right, still pimping right. it. I, I just well, I don't get it. Well, a running theme when things were really crazy during the pandemic, a running theme was why is Abbott not doing what DeSantis is doing? That was He was always a few steps behind. He never caught up. But, you know, I am curious about Florida because I don't have any elected officials from Florida on my list. I only have Latipo. Um, I have a, a few candidates, but I don't have anybody in the legislature yeah. who has gained, who has signed on. And, and we pe- people need to focus. On, part of the thing is that every other state, the governor is a dog. I hate to say it, but that's how it is. So we have to focus on a few like the Freedom Caucus guys in the legislature. There is the governor kind of, you know, does everything. So, you know, they don't even have a Freedom Caucus there. Well, the, Texas doesn't have a real one either. But um, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely need to make improvements there across the board. Um, I've been told there's a bunch of things the governor wanted to do, but he just doesn't have the support um, in the legislature, whether it's guns and other things, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, we need to focus in our own sphere of influence. Um, and that's what you're doing. It's a brilliant idea because I would argue that medical freedom is the palladium of all freedoms at this point, at this juncture in history. It's also just very revealing where you are on that. It really is informative on a lot of other issues. Because um, I, I think like you, like you mentioned, the big reason why most Republicans aren't Republican is not because they're total frauds. There are some who are. It's it's the lobbyists. It's the special interest. They're just not going to stand up. They're going to go with the flow. The healthcare mafia is the number one reason why red states aren't red across the board. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're willing to say take them off the market, that really, really says a lot about where you're headed and your style and you, that, that you just don't care about the system and you'll fight the system. Right. So, again, at MD Breathe. Um, and can you mention the website again? Right. So for the PAC, AmericansForHealthFreedom.org. And I really hope people will consider donating because these these people, by putting their name on this list, are being blackballed by Big Pharma. So they're not getting any donations oh, yeah. from Big Pharma. Oh, yeah. So it's really important that people, you know, just five, ten dollars would be great. And then for my my medical practice, it's just breathemd.org. That and, and that's how it is. I mean, we've been passing around data studies how this kills and kills this organ system, that organ system. We've been doing this for gosh, almost three years already. So you know, at some point, we got to take this to the next level, um, both on these shots and then the future of other shots and biomedical security mandates, policies, um, and, and, and the entire agenda. Dr. Bowden, thanks for everything you've done at a personal level, patient level, and now a political level. Uh, if you have any questions, folks, for Dr. Bowden, let me know. Uh, till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. 
We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson-Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at PrestonWood.org chosen.